Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dual Shocker Shotcast. My name is Ryan. Uh, once again, filling in for Luke and Talby, because uh, apparently this is becoming a trend. Lou's becoming a delinquent, uh, you know, so as a delinquent host. But uh, filling in as the host this week for the Shotcast. Uh, so joining us, we've got the ever trustworthy, most of the time, Azario Lopez. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, like to, I like to sneak in little lies here and there, see if you can catch them. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and then we've got some uh, two new faces joining us this week. We've got Jordan joining us in. Hey there. And we got Logan. Howdy. All right. So uh, let's see. We'll we'll see if we can break you guys by the end of the episode. We'll just uh, <laughs> this will just be the Final Fantasy 15 30 hour stream podcast. Oh, God. We'll that, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So this week, uh, we're mostly just going to be going into uh, what we've been playing and uh, talk about some of the games we've been liking a lot. Uh, so who wants to start us off? I'll start. All right, Azario, yeah, you can, you can go for it. So what have you been playing? Uh, well, I have two reviews on the site right now, East Origins and Berserk. And I, I pledge to never review two games on the same day again, because that is... <laughs> The most work that I've done in a long time. And I was bothering our reviews editor, Lou, the host of the show, not here today, but I was bothering him a lot. So <laughs> I felt bad. Um, but got those out on embargo, what I, what I like to see. But uh, I, I actually, after after I stopped uh, playing them, and I, I, I went back to Final Fantasy XV, and I fucking <laughs> love that game. Because two games reviewing it. reviewing two games at once wasn't enough, so you needed to go into Final Fantasy fifteen, right? <laughs> yeah, just to, just to cleanse my spirit. I'm also I also have another review coming up next Tuesday uh, that I need to finish by this weekend because I'll be headed to GDC, and uh, I don't know if I can say what I'm reviewing, but it's coming up next Tuesday, so you'll see. You know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely. I I think I had to do two like uh, I've done two review weeks uh, a couple times before. I think the worst one that I did, not worst, but like the most strenuous was I, I think I had to do Metal Gear and Mad Max when they both oh, came out around the same time. Two yeah. giant oh. open world games at the very <laughs> yeah. same time. That was not very fun. Um, you know, what I've been doing is I've been uh, using my PS Vita as remote play, and I'll just lay in bed. And for a few hours, just before I go to sleep, I'll start playing because it's just more comfortable than sitting in front of your TV on a console. Like, yeah, I did. I did the same thing last month when I did uh, Resident Evil and Dragon Quest because, like, uh, you know, Resident Evil, I'd be able to play at home, and then like Dragon Quest, since it was on 3DS, I could just play it when I was like not, you know, sitting down on my couch playing that. So. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So, do you want to go into a little bit more detail about either, uh, like, just give us a little bit about uh, Berserk and and uh, East? That's how you pronounce yeah. it, right? Okay. Yes. It's got, crazy, uh, it's got one East of those crazy. It's got one of those crazy. It's got one yeah, of those crazy East, Japanese titles I can't pronounce. So, East Origin originally came out in 2006 uh, in Japan for the PC, and uh, Exeed had brought it over in 2012. And Dodd Emu, I think they like to say how they like to say it. Uh, they ported it to the PlayStation 4 and coming to the PlayStation Vita. Uh, the, the thing I I don't, didn't necessarily like was that they just reused Exeed's localization. They didn't put their own little uh translations into it which could have made the game maybe better or worse i don't know it would it just kind of showed, showed a little bit of laziness in the, in that sense um but the game the game runs great uh there's 
it looks beautiful. It reminds it reminds me the art style reminds me of a lot of uh, Saga Frontier Two if you've mm-hmm. played that or Secret or Secret of Mana. Yeah, Secret of Mana definitely like that two D kind of sprite running and just colors everywhere. It's super fast paced action. Uh, lots of monsters to fight. Lots of skills. Uh, East East games are are pretty popular. Getting getting more and more popular here in the West. Uh, NISA just announced East Eight coming to PS4 and PS Vita, and yeah, it's it's a big thing. It's <laughs> weird that NISA is localizing it and not Exceed, which who we're used to, and that's probably a conversation that we could have for a long time. But I won't bore you guys with it. Sure. And then, uh, what about Berserk? How's how's that been so far? Berserk Berserk's great. Uh. Uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful game. Just the 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 actual backgrounds look a little dated, and this is due to the fact that Japan's still developing games for the PS3. I think if you notice that a lot of like Tales of Berseria even got a PS3 um, mm-hmm. port uh, in Japan, didn't come west though. And you know, it's it, I I feel like I feel like this holds these games back from being how great they can be and it's it's a fun musu game if you like the dragon warriors series but i don't know the the anime cutscenes that they used were lifted straight from the trilogy the berserk trilogy Mm -hmm. from the movies the anime movies and i kind of wanted them to do something new i know i'm boring you guys with this japanese (laughs) i was gonna ask the gameplay, it's uh, sort of, it's Dynasty Warriors, basically, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just, I'll, the blood looks awesome, and you can turn off the gore if you're not into it, but I it fits Berserk, like, to the T with, like, how gory it is, and I don't think, I've, ne- I've never seen a Musu title this gory before, and kind of, kind of fun. Um I don't know. They just could have. They just. They just could have made it look better. It. It got super repetitive, even for a Musu title. And uh, I don't know. Uh, how long? Was, is, how long is it? Out of curiosity. Um, I played it for twelve hours, okay. and there you can do an endless eclipse mode. There's there's other modes that you can play. Um, but you can beat it in about eight to ten hours, and then after that, the whole thing kind of opens up to you to either replay to one hundred percent certain things or um play as different characters for each of the levels and max out your characters that way um so i don't know i i liked it but they could have did better and it did it felt rushed and i feel like it felt rushed because they wanted it to coincide with the anime that released um last year and they yeah yeah they kind of rushed it out the door because this game was just introduced or just announced last e3 yeah, I was gonna say because it wasn't that long since we like heard about it. I feel like yeah, so, yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I just hope that since uh, I guess uh, who was it was which um, which developer made this game again? This was um, Omega Force. So they're a part of Koei Tecmo. Okay, and they they did the Attack on Titan one too, right? They did, they did the that. Yeah, on I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say because they've been like I feel like they've been doing all these Musou games that are based on these like popular anime. So I'm kind of hoping that the next one they do is something like Yuri on Ice. They do something like really just <laughs> out. They just I hope they just do something really like, out there and wacky. If they did like the Yuri on Ice Musou, how awesome would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's like, but with Attack on Titan, that's what I wanted out of Berserk because they they really spent time with Attack on Titan to make it its own game in the Musu kind of universe. And, yeah, and I think also with Attack on Titan too, like since that had the whole like kind of swinging mechanic and stuff like that, it had something that was a little bit different from the that's regular true. games. So yeah. you know, I guess Berserk maybe seems more like a sort of a traditional Musou game. Uh, because then we've also got there's the Fire Emblem. I think that's all uh, Fire Emblem one that's going to be worked on yeah. or coming out at some point. And and uh, I played Hyrule Re- Legends last year, which uh, I played on a regular 3DS, which was no bueno compared to the new oh 3DS yeah. Itself. And I uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. Like, I, play, I played a little. Don't play this on <laughs> on the regular. Yeah, that, was, that was the game, but I don't. That they, I was like, dude, you should have just made this an exclusive for the new 3ds because it runs it ran like 10 frames per second on the the regular 3ds it was just not not fun so um all right azaria do you have anything else you want to add about berserk or, or east or uh what did, what did you give those games you gave them like you gave them both I like gave, seven, uh, seven. east i got I gave east origin an 8.5 and i oh, okay it's it super deserved it it's it you can beat the game you can beat the game the entire game with two characters um in 10 hours for oh, an wow. RPG, I think that's great amount of time to just uh, get the first, the actual first game in the East uh, timeline. So it it leads up into East One. So if you're thinking about getting East Eight when it comes out, uh, I suggest picking this game up. You can get it for you can get it for twenty dollars on PSN, mm-hmm. and it's cross buy, so you can play it on your Vita and PS4. Uh, I just it, it's it's great for the to tell the tell the beginning story of the East. So I gave it an 8.5 and I gave um, Berserk a 7. And mm. it's just the, the dated visuals and Sorry, I think your mic is uh, cutting out or something. Yep. Yeah. We, we <laughs> lost him. Okay. <laughs> well, while well, well, is doing that, uh, Jordan, do you want to go ahead and, and uh, talk about some of the stuff you've been playing? Sure. Um, so I've been kind of uh, backtracking a little bit, um, just kind of picking up on some stuff that I missed um, over the years, more or less. Um, so you picked the... a good time to do it with uh, Horizon and the Switch coming out. Yeah, like, right. Great, great time. There's nothing coming out. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I picked up. I've been I've been meaning to for a really long time, but um, I picked up uh, Devil May Cry DMC, the remake by Ninja oh, Theory. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, during the most recent flash sale on PSN, and uh, I really like Ninja Theory, um, and so it's been kind of a missing link for me for a long time. Uh, and so I've been pl- I've been messing around with it, and I- I'm familiar with Devil May Cry series as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it's uh, it's good. It's over the top. Like I, you can't really take it too seriously. Like that's kind of the point of the whole Devil May Cry series to an extent. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of a little offensive at times. Like it, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit here and there. But again, like you, you just kind of have to roll with it because that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, uh, again, speaking of large RPGs uh, that I probably shouldn't be getting into, um, I a while back played a little bit of The Witcher Three and just kind of like fell out of it. Like I think I can't remember if if it came out right before or right after Metal Gear Solid 5 came out? It came out before. Okay, that makes sense then, because yeah. I probably 
totally dropped that. Um, <laughs> so, so I stopped playing it and I tried to pick it back up again and like, like try to remember where I was and like how the control that's, screen. Yeah, was. that's not an easy game to do that in. It's it was like, yeah, yeah, that no, was impossible. So I decided to just start it over. I wasn't very far into it anyways, and uh, I've been enjoying my time with it a lot more. I've decided I'm gonna be playing it like kind of as like a pirate Geralt and just kind of like just go for all the booty, just like. <laughs> Booty in all sense of the term. What was that? Should I play The Witcher Three? I don't know. Have you ever played? It? Have you played any of The Witchers before? It has it has Polish waifus as are you? You've got Yennefer, you've got <laughs> Triss. There's yeah, they're they're like the Polish the version thing. of waifus. So the the funny thing is is that Japanese games don't usually show boobs. So when I see <laughs> boobs on a on a on a no, game? Jap- no, Japanese games show, like, basically as... They basically show you as yeah. much of the boob without actually showing you <laughs> yeah. the boob. It's, like, the, like, yeah. it's, like legally allowed. Like, it's like... <laughs> yeah, so when, um, like, when, like, God of War or, like, those games show me boobs, I'm just like, uh, I don't know I don't know what to do here. <laughs> I don't know, it's <laughs> like a striptease <laughs> in the new Metro, and, like, you could just sit there and get a, a striptease dance, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like... That's, 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 what am I that's doing? What gonna, that's what we're going to shift the podcast topic to this week, is just favorite uh, game strip teasers that we've seen in the game. I, say, I feel like my favorite... Actually, no. I, okay, so just, uh, to go on a tangent, my favorite one... I don't know if you guys saw... Someone made a parody of the Super Mario Odyssey trailer in GTA 4. I don't know if you've seen that video, but it's hilarious. But basically, someone took... There's a scene... They took the scene from GTA 4 when you go in the strip club and you can just watch a stripper. And so it's just Mario sitting there watching a stripper, like, giving him a lap dance. It's the... <laughs> funniest thing it's so funny uh anyway so uh i played the witcher 3 last year and i i really enjoyed it a lot but that was a game i think i spent i literally spent about four months playing like that entire game like everything the main game all the dlc and stuff so yeah that is not a game i think that's easy to jump in and out of like you kind of have to just just binge it it is it is it is great though like i i love that game from pretty much from start to finish um and uh, I actually I played the previous two games before I played Witcher Three, but honestly, I feel like you don't really need to. You can kind of just jump into Witcher Three without playing the previous ones. So, yeah, I had. I mean, another problem that I had with the game um, back when I started playing it originally was just that it. I mean, there it is a huge game. Like it's it's it incredibly <laughs> daunting. Um, and so like I'm one of those players that like needs to cross off like each checkbox. And like when I would look at the map and yeah. see all of the different things that were available to me, I wish yep. I could just turn it all off because I didn't want to see it. Like I just I'm I'm trying my best now to just try and uh like organically come upon some side quests and stuff like that and not to seek them out because uh it's it's not fun for me to just kind of like go someplace and be like, okay, I need to like just find this chest and then get sucked down some rabbit hole and not go towards the main storyline, which I hear is great. I'd love to play the main plot. So <laughs> yeah, it is, it is really good. good. I, I think Witcher three was one of the few open world games where I've ever done that, where I've literally just sat there just like getting every single like a thing on the map unlocked or whatever. Cause I feel like most open world, especially now when I play open world games, I'm kind of like, just do the story quest. I'm not really gonna do any of the side quests, yeah. but uh, Witcher three definitely unlocked that OCD part of my brain, even though I don't know. Did you get to Skellige yet, Jordan? Or um, not in this playthrough. God, oh, you're gonna uh, I think such nerds. I think uh, Skellige is where the bloody baron is. Is that right? No, that, that's no? like in the uh, that's uh, no, that's like in the beginning of the game. But is okay. the one you get to later with uh, Yennefer. But the the big pain in the ass was like um, that Skellige is basically like mostly ocean, and there's tons of islands all over the place. 
and um, there's like all these hidden treasures that you have to unlock by basically sailing your boat out, diving in the water, finding them, and getting up. But then you do that for like 300 times in Skellige, <laughs> so you have to like. It's kind of like. Do you remember like? It's like. I hope you really like sailing in Wind Waker because this oh, is yeah. basically what that is like times four thousand. Is it's cool. just it's very long. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Witcher three, I could definitely recommend you haven't played it. Um, anything else you've been playing, Jordan? Or that's pretty much been um, it. Um, I did download Persona three. I haven't touched it yet. Oh, I've never okay. actually played three. I played four, loved it, and uh, yeah. I've got my uh, collector's edition on pre order for five. So. Yeah, I did the same thing. I, I played Persona 4 last year, and then I bought 3. I haven't played it yet, but uh, uh, I'm definitely FPS trying to... one? The PSP well, one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so FPS. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm trying to, to play a little bit more before... I'm probably not going to get to it before Persona 5, but I am definitely looking to play more of the series, because Persona 4 is awesome. I, I love yeah. that game. Persona um, 4 is, like, the one I keep wanting to knock off of my backlog, finally. It's been in my backlog for probably... I started it the night the PS4 came out while I was standing in line. Uh, so nice. three and a half years. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to beat that game. That's, just... that's another game that needs like a hundred. Like you basically, you, you have to like quit your job and just play it for like a month straight because that's another really, really long game. But like I, I played it like early last year and I just got addicted to it so hard. Like I could not stop playing it. So it's, it's a lot of fun though, especially I think yeah. if you're looking to play persona five, it's a good way to kind of get into the series and get familiar with it. During those games, when those games came out, there was people that would make blogs dedicated to their lives in the game. So after every day they would write a blog about their life in the game, like who they talked <laughs> to. And that's a, cool, which is a cool idea. Like that's yeah. kind of like, that's kind of what grew me into the game was that like when I because I was playing it a lot when I was commuting and stuff. So I'd be like, OK, you know, I'll go to my classes during the day and like hang out with Chie because Chie was ob clearly the, the, the most obvious choice for who to hook up with in the game. Oh, so. my God. Yukiko is best girl. Uh oh. All right. This is. <laughs> uh oh. This is. All right. We're going to have a fight. You guys, now that our are you guys going to not speak about Marie? Come on, guys. Oh, yeah, know. but Marie. Yeah, but Marie, the problem with Marie is that she comes very late in the game. So, like, you you know, by that time, you know, you could have rolled with uh, Rise or Yukiko or oh, Chie. There's so many other body. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Jesus know. Chie is my personal favorite. So she was really. She was, she was my ghost. <laughs> yeah. She's every time I hear Chie, I just think about Aaron Fitzgerald and every single part she's ever voiced. And like. <laughs> She's done a, a lot of stuff, so I like Chie for Aaron Fitzgerald, definitely. I still have to play uh, Persona 4 Dancing all night. I haven't gotten to that yet, but I do oh, want to play so that. so good. Too. Well, that'll be your introduction into visual novels, so I suggest you do that. Clearly, yeah. We'll just have to I, do... We'll do an Azario uh, spoiler cast for visual novels at some point. <laughs> yeah. you go to town on visual I'm novels. I'm tired of being the only one to review them on the site, <laughs> so I need to get all you guys into them. <laughs> I, I, I actually uh, played Steins Gate. Steins Gate's great. Oh, okay. Steins Gate is great. He's right. Actually, since Azari, you'd probably know this best, because I've wanted to try Dunk uh, Rafa, but I don't know. Is like, if you play Persona, will you like, is like, is it a similar sort of thing, or? Do you like Ace Attorney? No, I haven't really played a lot of them, so I don't really okay. know. Well, but... Danganronpa is like a visual novel meets Ace Attorney. Um, they have like a judge or courtroom scenes where someone will kill someone and they'll have to try and get away with it pretty much. And then you have to use evidence and stuff that you find um, during the classroom scenes or whatever. And uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't know. It's just super over the top. Characters are amazing, and uh, there's a lot of death. Apparently, uh, yeah. So I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> it's super funny though. It's it's really cool. I I suggest uh, it's coming out for PS4. If if you haven't played it, um, if you in, you're interested in V3, I suggest getting the PS4. I think that's the best bang for your buck right there. Cool. Awesome. Let's, uh, all right, so we'll move on now. And uh, Logan, you want to go ahead and uh, just talk about what you've been playing? Yeah. Um, I've been kind of similar to Jordan. I've just been kind of trying to go back and play a bunch of stuff that I've either wanted to play replay for a long time or just never got around to. And I'm in a holding pattern, essentially, until next week with Horizon and Zelda both coming out. So I've been yeah. trying not to get too deep into anything. Um, I've been tooling around similar to Zario with Final Fantasy 15 though. Uh, that's my first experience with Final Fantasy about 12 hours in. It's fine, I guess. I, I don't know. It's, it's all right. I, 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 I feel like I need to play more of it, but I never will because Horizon Zelda Mass Effect over the next four weeks. <laughs> so it's, it's just never going to get played probably. Um, but this past, these past. Logan, who's your who's your Final Fantasy fifteen? Uh, I don't know. Do you call it a brofu, like a waifu uh, for your hus- guy? Like husbando. 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 Who's your husbando? Um, <laughs> what's the big dude's name? Gladio. Gladio. Yeah. yeah, it's him. <laughs> yeah. I use I probably just because I spam his attack move the most. Oh, the Tempest. Tempest. Tempest? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I dude. Spam crap out of Always that. use Tempest. That's 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 my go-to tactic move. So yeah, I I, I I use that a lot. I don't know. I I feel like I didn't get far enough into the game to really become familiar with the characters too much either, because it kind of throws you into it rather quickly. Like it's just you're on the road, and, and which I like, but at the same time, it, I felt like there was something missing there. And I know they probably filled in a lot of those gaps with the the anime that came out before the game and Kingsglaive. Yeah. Well, Kingsglaive not as much, but. Oh yeah, I think you should watch Kingsglaive because they show CG scenes from Kingsglaive in Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. But they took out the audio because they didn't they didn't have the license for it. So. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's associated with the chapter 13 stuff that they're trying to patch right now. Is that what that whole debacle is no, about? No, no, you'll see it right in the beginning of the game, right when um you run back to your home and you see it being destroyed. They show it around yeah. that time. Yeah, I think I saw. I uh, yeah, I started Final Fantasy fifteen like maybe two or three weeks ago, and I think I saw one of the scenes in there where it was yeah, you go back and you get to see one of the. I mean, I haven't yeah. watched Kings Blade yet, but I, I assumed it was probably a scene from that. You have no idea if you've never seen Kings Blade, <laughs> There is no, there is no chance you would have any idea of what's going on. Like two big old monsters fighting, and then like <laughs> the kings getting blades thrown at. I'm like, what are you? What's going on? Why would you do this? That was like the first day one patch too. They patched that crap in, and they didn't need yeah. it. I'm curious. So I'm curious, Azario, since you've been kind of tooling around with it again, you've clearly beaten the game at this point, I assume, yeah. correct? Yeah. So what are you doing now? Are you starting it over and playing from the beginning, or are you just no, well, doing side quests and stuff like that? You don't get any type of flying car or flying mechanic until you beat the game. Yeah. So after that, the whole world kind of opens up to you, and you can go back and do all your side quests. And um, they have now they have timed events, so timed quests, uh, where... So I think they have one going now until March 7th, where you have to hunt some cactars. But oh, they also yeah, have I heard about Google, that. Google stuff, 
where you can go and do like a carnival with all the moogles and stuff. So they have reasons to go back. And yeah. on top of that, there's there's just a ton of stuff to do. There's a secret dungeon that's like a platformer, super crazy. Like there's this there's this one scene where like it goes into like a limbo type of camera angle, and you have to like you're expected to like do platforming, and it's crazy. It's it's uh it sucks because Noctis does not know how to jump at all, and <laughs> he, he's pretty slippery when you try and make him run around, but um. It's I don't know. There's just a, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of end game yeah. material. They don't they don't leave you hanging with that. Yeah, and I I had on paper I had wanted to finish it before before next week's games released, and I started realizing that that wasn't going to happen because the game was just way too big. No, and I yeah. I'm a completionist too. Like I'd like to get the platinum trophy and get defeat all hunt all the animals or yeah. the beasts or whatever and get, unlock that beast at the end or whatever that like two or three hour boss fight that i know you can unlock towards the end of the game and oh yeah there's an easy way to beat that guy though you can cheese it you, you can, can cheese it at level 55 if you want <laughs> yeah so i i i've wanted to do all that stuff with it but because of everything else that's coming out i probably won't ever go back to it. or i'll try to one day maybe during the summer we'll see yeah but yeah until then, I this past these past two days for some reason I just decided to play Bioshock Infinite again because <laughs> why not? I really uh, like that see, game. See, I, I see. I thought you were playing it for the first time, so I was like, oh man, we should just blurt oh. out the spoilers for the end of no. the game. <laughs> <laughs> the way that Logan's day is like. <laughs> no, that's that's one of my favorite games probably of all time. But I it's it's one of those games where I only played it once and then. I didn't know if I wanted to go back to it again because my first experience with it was so special. I, I've done the same with The Last of Us as well. I've never gone back to The Last of Us because that first experience was like just incredible. I'm, I'm actually starting to think about going back and playing The Last of Us, and I'm trying to see if sure. I could squeeze yeah. that in. And what did you, what did you, way, what did you play The Last of Us on first, uh, PS3 or PS4? PS3, PS3 yeah. Uh, okay. I, I played that, it yeah, I did. much. I did the same thing, yeah, where, like, I played it first time on PS3, and then when I got the remastered version for PS4, I played it again just to see, you know, like, I think it's definitely worth revisiting, especially maybe before, uh, I mean, who knows when Part 2 is coming out, but uh, yeah. I think it's definitely worth a revisit to check out. I'm probably, I might play it again at, at one point. We'll I, uh, I had originally actually played on PS3 as well, and uh, it bricked my PlayStation 3. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it, bro um... it broke my PlayStation 3, too. Um, but I yellow like in my there's, PS3. There's like a, there's a yep. metaphor hidden in there somewhere. With like <laughs> I literally, I literally <laughs> had to like open up my PlayStation 3 to get the game out of it, and like yeah. my, it was just dead. Um, I had to, I had to resolder my chipset to make my PS3 work again. Wow. Because of the last. Uh, I gave up. On, I gave up on mine because I, oh. I, I was like looking up other ways of doing it, and I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, well, mine's like the backwards compatible one, so I couldn't let it die. So was mine. I was super. Yeah. I had like the sixty gig one. Dude, uh, I can help you. I can help you with that. We can resurrect that bad boy. It's gone. It's over. It's what? Fast. It's oh, in the... you're breaking my heart right now, dude. I'm, 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 honestly, I'm kind of worried that Horizon might kill my PS4 because I don't know what it's been lately, but like every game that I play on my PS4, it sounds like a jet engine. It's just yeah, like, gonna, like it's going to explode. And yeah, there's some uh, issues going on with PS4. Like the, they'll they'll just spit the disc out, or it'll um get really hot and that fan will go nuts yeah it's mine's been doing that where it's just so i'm just worried that like horizon's just gonna i'm gonna put it in it's gonna kill my ps4 it's crazy 
But uh, yeah, and actually in the comments, uh, Quasi Monk, a uh, regular on the show, he said that that's funny. Uncharted Three broke mine. I had to replace the laser module. So it seems like <laughs> see, actually, the actually Naughty system, Dog. The only, <laughs> apparently Naughty Dog. Yeah, Naughty Dog apparently kills consoles. I think the only time I've ever had a console die on me was my first 360, which you know, it's a 360. They all died. Yeah. And mine was <laughs> mine was Call of Duty Two. It wasn't even like Modern Warfare. <laughs> it was literally like Call of Duty Two. <laughs> like the launch game was the one that killed it. And I think I had to do the same thing. I had to, like, jimmy open the the disc tray so I could get the game out. And, you know, eventually I ended up doing the towel trick to, to bring it back to life uh, temporarily, which was – it worked. So, Man, yeah. games games 10 years ago or whatever. Games have come a long way. Yeah. Clearly. yeah. <laughs> no, I, no I, just, to, just to revisit the, the replay of The Last of Us, um, Logan, I totally recommend you – replaying and actually i played it on um the hardest difficulty the last time i played it and like that's, that's when i oh uh, yeah hands down, hands down like the best experience i've ever had with that game so mm-hmm. it, it really it's a it's the best way to play it i'm really thinking about it i if i can beat it before tuesday which i think i can then i'll try <laughs> to get through it this weekend, i'm kind of busy so it's just trying to figure out if i should jump into it this weekend or not but yeah, I going. I mean, taking it back to Bioshock Infinite, I think, I think I probably will really appreciate going back to The Last of Us because playing Bioshock again with like a fresh set of eyes and knowing how the story works and knowing the plot points that they're kind of laying throughout the story, like even from the first hour or so, and seeing like knowing what happens at the end of the game and realizing, oh shoot, they were dropping hints this early into the game about what happens and the opening to that game, like I was. I was just tweeting out a storm about about the game the other night when I started going back into it, and I think that opening is one of the most well-done beginnings to probably any game ever because they introduce you to that world, and they just establish all of the characters in that world, that all of the lore between praying to <laughs> Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, the religions of that world, how, the, how Columbia works. Everything in that first 30 minutes is so succinctly introduced and you know what's happening so quickly and i i I don't know like i I was just really impressed and i'm probably biased because i love those games like the original bioshock is one of my favorite games ever but i think the introductions in those games are just superbly done yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i definitely like i think i'd i'd give the edge i think a little bit more to bioshock one um just because i think you know especially because it was the first game to kind of introduce us to that universe but uh yeah bioshock infinite still holds up pretty well i remember playing i think i played through that twice and i also played the uh did you play the dlcs at all the yeah. uh burial at sea yeah i think i played those like fairly recently and those are those are pretty solid too the thing i appreciate about infinite's intro more than i think i do even bioshock's because i mean bioshock's intro is one of the most famous ever as well the thing I like about Infinite, though, a little bit more is it allows you to breathe for like those first 30 minutes when you do get into Columbia, because when you get into Rapture, it's immediately splicers are banging on the bathosphere and they're trying to kill you like that's right away. I, I'd say you have about 30 to 40 minutes in Columbia, just kind of walking around and taking everything in and seeing uh, uh, <laughs> a barbershop quartet singing Beach Boy songs, which is just really weird Um, yeah it was definitely a cool parallel i think to the original game where like in bioshock one you sort of you had this like dystopian uh fallen city that you know you're seeing the remnants of where columbia you're still kind of in the middle of its sort of you know at its peak so you get you get get to see you get to witness the fall rather than coming in after the falls are right yeah so yeah yeah i i just 
I'm forever in love with that game, and I finished it last night. And the ending still, even though I knew what was going to happen, the ending still like made me think a whole lot. And I spent the next hour on forums looking up theories and stuff like that once again. So I, I don't know. I, I love that game, and I, I know the gameplay is not very good either. Like that's the thing. Those <laughs> games don't obje- objectively; those games don't play very well. But the story and the worlds to them are just really unmatched. I think. Yeah, I think my, my favorite memory of Bioshock Infinite is still uh, early in the game when you get the skyhook for the first time and you just you bash that person's face in with the skyhook. And I was just <laughs> yeah. like, holy shit. I was like, it was just so, it was like, it just, it really, es- it, like, it, it really escalated from there. Um, but yeah, actually, I'm curious about um, Prey coming out soon because it seems to share a lot of sort of Bioshock-like elements, um, you know, or, I mean, it's, it's closer more to System Shock, I think, but... Uh, you know, I'm excited to get that kind of game again where it's more about exploration and sort of uh, seeing this big, uh, you know, this big environment that you can really kind of get lost in and, and uncover more of the story. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly why I've been looking forward to Prey 2. Like, as soon as I saw that trailer that they showed off at what was it, the Game Awards, I think, when they showed Something that like off that, yeah. and, I, and I started realizing how it was actually going to play and seeing that, like, the enemies had hit points and things like that, it looked like. It, and it had a little bit – it looked like it had more RPG mechanics than I was anticipating, and it looks yeah. it looked really reminiscent of, like you said, System Shock and then the original Bioshock as well. So I'm, I'm super excited for Prey. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so then as far as games that I've been playing, uh, I've – yeah, I think I've been similar to you guys where I've kind of – you know, waiting because uh, I'm going to be playing Horizon next week when that comes out, and uh, hopefully I'll have a Switch at launch. I'm, I'm, you know, waiting to see, but I think I'll be good. Um, so I've got Zelda and Horizon coming, which I'm, you know, gonna just shut myself in a room for a week and not play anything, <laughs> like play anything else. Um, before that, I've been playing uh, For Honor for review, so uh, I should have that probably going up by the end by by Friday. Um, so I don't know if you guys have played any of For Honor at all or anything or seen much of it, but uh, it's an interesting game. It kind of combines a lot of elements of sort of a, a fighting game with an action game and a little bit of a strategy game, sort of. Um, but the basic idea being that it's a very sort of uh, melee-focused uh, multiplayer game. Um, it's it's The fighting system, I think, is like definitely the, the most intriguing part of that game. Is it's, it's really cool, and I think they've done something really interesting with melee combat that we haven't really seen from a lot of other games, especially third-person sort of melee combat. Well, that thing, saying that, especially Ubisoft, this is kind of like different for Ubisoft yeah. to do. Like It is. It is a very different Ubisoft game. Yeah, it's definitely, it is very much, it's a nice uh, change of pace from Ubisoft's typical uh, games they've done more recently. Like, it's not Far Cry, it's not Watch Dogs, it's not Assassin's Creed, it's not this sort of, although the combat actually, I think, kind of shares some similarities with Assassin's Creed a little bit. Um, but that it's a very linear, multiplayer-focused game rather than this, like, giant, massive, open-world game and everything. Um, it's just been interesting playing For Honor because uh, the first time I played the game was at a preview event in December in San Francisco, and I was not very good at the game. I died quite a lot. You could actually, there's plenty of gameplay videos where I just get my ass handed to me. Um, <laughs> I think it's one of those games that is not necessarily, like, I think the combat system is, is fairly easy to grasp at first, but it's a game that definitely has, I think, a high sort of skill ceiling where, you know, in order to kind of uh, get how the combat works, because um, basically what you have is that you have, your character can do sort of three different stances. They can do a left, uh, they can uh, do left, right, or top. 
and there's this sort of diagram that shows where you're attacking, but then also where your enemy's attacking. So you can see where their hit, their hit's going to come from. So you can either block it or parry and do a bunch of things. So the combat system at first is pretty simple, but the, the sort of layers they add on top of that are really interesting because you get light attacks that are quick but don't do a lot of damage, or you have heavy attacks that'll be slower, but they'll do more damage, um, but they can be blocked more easily and things like that. So it almost plays kind of like a very elaborate game of like rock, paper, scissors kind of is sort of the, the comparison I make. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot so far. Um, I played the single player, which is... I mean, not like I, I sort of the way I put it is it's sort of like a six hour tutorial for the multiplayer. Um, it doesn't really have like a super in-depth story. Uh, it's pretty simple, but I think as a, you know, as, as sort of a way to get into the multiplayer and kind of learn the, the ropes of combat, it's a pretty good, uh, good tutorial for that and gets you uh, familiar with that. Um, that's I'm sure that this game is going to be uh, kind of disappear with all these new releases coming out. Like, it is coming out in a busy time of the year. Um, you know, I think we'll have to wait and see. It's only been out for about two weeks, or not even that a week. But, uh, you know, I think we'll have to see what the community around it is like. I think one of the best things it has going for it is because it's just such a different, un kind of unique multiplayer experience yeah. from everyone It's going to fill some kind of niche in the I think it's definitely. Community. I think it's not necessarily going to be a game that has, like, a huge audience. Like, I'm sure there's probably going to be a big drop-off within a month or two. But I think there is going to be a pretty niche, uh, or not necessarily niche, but just like a very small, dedicated group that plays this game, um, which is a good thing that I think there will be a passionate community around it. But I also think, at least from what I've seen already, I feel like there's already going to be some uh, exploits that people use. Like they'll find like the very specific combos that'll. Oh just, yeah, like, they're going to need to balance the, it the, out. The, the combos that uh, you know, the combos that you're just not going to be able to do anything against because someone's like perfectly nailed down like how to you know how to uh, pull them off. But, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll see. They're, um, they're doing a lot of uh, free content they're going to be giving away. They're going to be giving out new maps, characters, things like that. Um, although I think at the offset of that there's very aggressive microtransactions in the game uh, where they basically have... Uh, I, don't, I haven't played it, but I think the, sim the, system, the system is pretty similar to Rainbow Six Vegas where you unlock um, steel is the in-game currency, uh, which then you buy basically loot boxes and then you get, like, different... Um, items and things you can unlock for your character. Um, but I think for For Honor, it's just because there's so many different items you can unlock, because it's not even just, like, weapons and armor and things like that. You get weapon hilts, you get weapon blades. Like, it's just, like, there's a ton of little unlocks that you can get. So I remember uh, seeing an article online being, like, you'd have to spend hundreds of dollars to actually unlock all of the... If you just bought loot boxes and everything, you'd spend, like, seven or eight hundred dollars on all the microchips. It's, it's a lot. So I think it's just... It's, <laughs> It's definitely a system that feels more like a like a free to play game rather than like a sixty dollar, you know, a sixty dollar game. So I think that's kind of unfortunate that like there's just so much of the game is kind of locked behind uh, microtransactions and paywalls. Because um, I looked at the in game store for the steel bundles you can get, and I think they range from like five dollars for five thousand steel, and then you could spend a hundred dollars for one hundred and fifty thousand steel, which is just like, I'm like no thanks, I'm good guys, like. <laughs> Well, I remember, I remember when like Battlefield Four. I haven't played a Battlefield game since Four came out, but like, so it might still be the same way. But they had like the premium, uh, like membership programs and stuff like that. That like you could spend so much a month in order to be like a premium member, and like it's a sixty dollar game. Like I don't understand why this is happening. Why they're using these free to pay play models on these AAA experiences? See, I think it's it's more of uh, you know, like if. 
I guess it's more for the people that like are going to basically play Battlefield like all the time. Like that basically, if that's like the only game they get and they're gonna really put their time into it and stuff like that, then I can see the value in it. Um, I don't really see that necessarily from something like mm-hmm. For Honor because you know ultimately I might play it for a little a couple more weeks, but ultimately I'm just gonna move on to the next thing pretty much. Um, I don't. So. I don't even think that that's what they're. That's what they're looking for with these microtransactions. They don't. They they do care about the user that continuously comes back, but they also kind of bank on the user that plays it once, really likes it, buys a bunch of crap, and then <laughs> never returns to it. But still, they made all that money. Plus, yeah. you need, they they need to find a way to bank in on the used games. So when you buy a used game. They don't. Ubisoft never sees any of that money. Sure, they need it, but you can still buy these microtransactions. So maybe they can see a little return, even if they sell a used copy here and there. Um, it's 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 a I, I bad market. I feel like it's a bad yeah. market. I I hate yeah. microtransactions. Um, this is but this is coming from me who will buy a bathing suit DLC for twelve ninety nine. <laughs> so I mean, fuck fuck me, you know? Right? Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I get it. I co- I completely understand like why they're doing it. Like, I guess why isn't really the question. Is the question is why is this becoming more prevalent in in these AAA experiences? And I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's just a bummer that you know we're seeing that in like such a you know in a pretty high profile sixty dollar game, and then you know to get, unlock everything you're gonna have to spend you know seven or eight hundred dollars. So I think it's just. Um, you know, and usually it, some games I don't really have as much of a problem with it if it's something like Overwatch, because Overwatch, you know, pretty much everything is cosmetic and just changes how you look. But I think with For Honor, it's because, um, uh, you know, every, all the items and stuff you unlock do have uh, different benefits and so, um, they could change your play style a little bit. So I think that it's more that because, like, the things you're unlocking have a tangible effect on the gameplay versus they're not just for looks um, is sort well, of what I'm disappointed in. Well, speaking of Overwatch, like the one thing I will commend about Blizzard is that even if you don't put a penny into that game, you can still get certain cosmetic upgrades and things like that. Is it the same with For Honor, or do you have to obviously just straight up spend money say, on it if you want uh, some say, of this stuff? Say that again. Sorry, Logan. Can you not hear me? No, I can hear you. Sorry, I, I, I need the. I need oh, to um, yeah. over so yeah, Overwatch has like you can you can unlock a bunch of cosmetic different skins and stuff for your characters and stuff like that in yeah. Overwatch, but. Um, is the same and for is it the same in for honor? Like, is there an in-game currency that you can unlock to buy this stuff, or is it straight up you have to spend cash on it? There is so steel is the main the main currency that you use for everything to unlock items and things like that. Um, you could use it to buy things individually, or you can buy uh, basically loot boxes that'll unlock. Five, I think it's five random items, and you're guaranteed. I think to get like two rare ones or something like that. Um, so basically, when you're the only thing you're doing with your real money is that you can buy steel bundles. Um, so basically, you could buy it's like five dollars for five thousand steel, you know, and then there's a bunch of different tiers yeah. in between it's, there. So it's like mobile games where you can yeah, buy it's five thousand gems or orbs or whatever yep, the heck yeah. you're playing. Yeah, I yeah. mean that, that makes sense. Yeah, but then as far as the items go, like they do change your cosmetics, but they also. Um, the, each of the items has different stats in like strength, stamina, speed, like things like that. Um, 
they're balanced in a way that it's not so much that items are better than one another, it's just they're balanced differently. So an item might have like really high strength, but then really low stamina. So that's geared more towards if you're playing a character that's going to be like a heavy damage dealer, but not necessarily be fast. Um, so I think it's that it, it avoids being like a pay to win model where like, oh, they paid more money. So they've got all like the amazing gear, like everything's still pretty well balanced. But I think it's just that especially in the beginning of the game, you don't have as much room to customize and experiment because you have less things um, versus someone that's been playing a while or spends a lot of money and they get access to all these different items that they can kind of change and customize and play around with their characters a bit more. So I think that's where my issues with the game and it's on, it's uh, it's um, uh, microtransaction systems kind of uh, fall into place. Is it something worth trying out? Because I've been really interested in this game for a while, and I probably should have jumped in on the beta when that was a thing. Well, but that's, I, totally, that's what I totally spaced when that happened, but I just don't know if it's someone, for me or not. Yeah, that's what sucks for someone like me and you, Logan, who who haven't jumped in the game. We're going to jump in the game in two or three, four months, and everyone's yeah. going to already have all this crap unlocked, and we're going to come into a game where this meta is already created. You know, we're... Well, we're the outcast. We're just gonna lose, you know. We're just gonna... we don't we don't know the control. We're tra- yeah. still trying to get a handle on the wiped, controls. Wiped out. Um, that's that's yeah. the problem I see with this game is that kind of pay pay to win or love, upgrade your stuff, but when newcomers come in, it's like not very accessible yeah and unfortunately that's that's the thing with most um you know sort of multiplayer only games like that and you know i don't think for honor is necessarily going to be any different than that um it's pretty much a a multiplayer focused experience um there is some there that is cool like you know you you have the single player campaign Uh, i think pretty much all like pretty much most or if not all the multiplayer modes you can play against bots so if you want to practice or just kind of learn the ropes of the gameplay types you can go in there and not a not get your ass kicked by players that are going to be way better than you (laughs) And B, just so you can kind of get more practice and sort of learn the ropes of the uh, of the games and things like that, which is cool. But I think the real meat of the experience is going to be playing against other people, um, for better or worse, whether you're into that or not. Um, I wouldn't really recommend it as like a single player uh, game, especially because the game's online only. So no matter what, you're going to be online when you play it. Um, just to I pull think, a couple. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, I think that was. I think I was going to say what you were going to say. I think Dalo brings up a good topic where Zelda having a season pass does seem pretty weird. If you guys have heard about it, like you get a T-shirt with the Switch, Switch logo. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Dalo in the comments, he said something. Uh, he said, "I put zero dollars to Uncharted Four online. I've unlocked uh, cool stuff to wear." Um, I did hear about that though with the switch costume is that I think it's, it would be funny too because I remember in the trailer there's that one scene that's like really serious in the rain with Zelda like crying on Link's shoulder. I just can't imagine that scene with him wearing like a goofy like switch shirt as she's like crying on his shoulders. Like <laughs> it'll be a little it's, a little weird. But yeah, it's it's a little much. Uh, it kind of takes you out of the experience too. I feel um, that being like the switch and you're not even in the world anymore so you're not even looking around high world you're like in america or japan just <laughs> hanging out with your switch <laughs> the next zelda game is going to be like the, that's it's got that's the what legend I hate most zelda about equivalent. final fantasy 15 is that the fucking cup noodles crap and the coleman stuff oh, oh yeah <laughs> it's too much 
feel like the only the only really egregious in-game advertising I've ever seen was Alan Wake. I think they had uh, advertisements for like Verizon and things like that in there that were just so out of place. They were really just weird. I, there was something else too. I forget. Was but... there Duracell batteries in that game? I think so. I think the, the batteries. Is that were... it? it? Maybe I don't remember. But I remember there was a point where there was like you're like going down a highway and then there's like a, a Verizon billboard just out of nowhere or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> I really um, wish I could be in on those meetings where they decide how much they have to pay for that advertisement for that advertisement because <laughs> it's well, got to camera... be a huge amount of money is the camera going to slow and pan to the billboard or is it just going to kind of like follow yeah. the car like... <laughs> like you have to specifically state how you're going to advertise like in final fantasy 15 there is a couple noodles uh quest and it yeah. is a very long quest it is not even <laughs> it's not even a short quest it's like you have to find the best item for your cup to add to your cup noodle. But you have to climb this huge mountain to get to it. And it's ridiculous. And then yeah. Gladios eats it. And it's not even worth it. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> it is not. You, get, you get cup of noodles. And you, that's all you get. <laughs> exactly. Um, so just to pull a couple quick comments here before we start wrapping up. Uh, Quasi Monk says, yeah, I'd rather have games be $70 than this microtransactions DLC BS instead of true expansions not cut from the game. Um, I mean, I, I feel a lot of people feel that way as well. Um, you know, I think the DLC thing is, is uh, you know, just it's sort of one of those things that we kind of have to live with now. Like, that's just a part of games and especially for multiplayer only games. So um, I like the, the Destiny DLC. I like the way Destiny kind of did it, whereas... Every eight months or so, you got something. Um, I like games that do that. I think Witcher Blood and Wine, I thought that mm. was, like, I've heard a lot of good things about that DLC. So there are there are DLCs that feel like brand new games in this world that you paid for. So maybe you're not going to get a new Witcher every two years or annualized, but you will right. get this self-contained uh, story within a game that you already bought. And I don't... I think I think DLC like that is totally acceptable, and I yeah. wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind paying paying for it. You know. Yeah, I think when you get DLC that uh, expands, you know, the experience that you've already gotten versus DLC that's used as like, oh, this is content that we cut from the game and are charging for separately, or you know, are artificially sort of, um, you know, trying to make more money off of the game. Um, you know, I think it's it's just you know, it, it depends on how they sort of position it. So, uh, Jordan, you were gonna say something, or? I was, I was just going to say, I mean, it depends heavily, I think, on when it releases. I mean, like, this is yeah. something where I buy a game and, like, before I even get to the end of the campaign, like, there's a new piece of DLC out. Like, that feels to me, even though it might not be the case, feels to me like it was something that might have been cut or something that um, the developers were so rushed that they weren't able to get it out. Um, but, like, if it's continuing experience, an experience that I've already paid for and, like, it's asking me to pay a little bit more in order to continue that experience that i enjoyed then i had no problem with that yeah yeah for sure and uh yeah D uh, dalo actually pointed out in the comments saying uh, bloodborne the old hunters is my gold standard dlc also another really yeah. good one uh yeah. so good in yeah. fact that i haven't finished it because it's really hard oh my god and... it's so good the problem i land the problem i get with bloodborne is that it's so beautiful like i take everything yeah. so slowly in it because yeah. i just want to look at everything in that game it is so well made i i have never walked so much in a video game before yeah like, i mean not only just because everything's pretty but because i, I was waiting for something to pop out of me and I was yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> you just die over. 
Yeah. All right. I think uh, we're going to start wrapping up from there. So really quickly, uh, we'll just go through the new releases. Um, not a t- uh, not a ton coming out, but um, but there's a lot of big stuff here. So um, quality over quantity. Quality. This is a quality over quantity week. That's for sure. Especially with the Switch coming out next week, which is going to be a, a big week uh, in Horizon as well. So uh, so for this week, some of the releases we've had: uh, Berserk and the Band of the Hawk on uh, PS4, PS Vita, and Windows. Uh, I didn't know that was on Vita, which is interesting. Berserk. Oh, yeah. uh, did you play it on uh, Vita, Azario? I played it on PS4. I have not played it on Vita. I'm kind of scared. I run. I wonder how it runs on Vita. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll run okay. I mean, it's not that heavy of a game. I just imagine less enemies on the screen at once. Yeah. Um, then we've also got Halo Wars 2 for Xbox One and PC, uh, East Origin for PS4, uh, and then next week we've got Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4, uh, Torment, Tides of Numera, Tides of Numera, Numenera. Sorry, I was getting a little tongue twisted on that. <laughs> Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Windows, uh, Constructor HD on PS4, Xbox One, and Windows, uh, and then Night in the Woods for PS4, Mac, Linux, and Windows. I think that's out already. I, I, I think, think that, that that's out, I'm pretty it's sure. A, yeah, for some reason on Wikipedia it says TBA, but I'm pretty sure that's out. Um, really cool game. I've checked that out at a couple preview events. Um, so if you're looking for a cool uh, new indie game to check out, that's definitely, I think, the one to, to try. It's been in development for a while and it looks really cool. Um, all right, so we're going to close also, out. Also, uh, Story oh. of Seasons, Trio of Towns, comes out next week. Thank you, Azario, for just buttoning in there. <laughs> I was trying to close out the show. <laughs> On the 3DS. Exactly. Uh, all right. <laughs> At this point, I'm just going to be like, yes, Azario, just whatever, shut up, fine. Uh, all right, so if you're looking for us, uh, a couple quick site plugs, actually. Uh, our Horizon Zero Dawn review uh, just went up today from Giuseppe, who gave it a very rare perfect 10 out of 10. Uh, so you could read that. That's up there. Um, i trying to think. Azario had a couple reviews go up, the East Origin and Berserk uh, reviews that you could check out. Uh, Jordan had a really cool feature on the uh, Portland Indie Game Squad that you could check out. Uh, it looked really cool. Uh, Logan did things, I'm sure. I, stuff I, there. I, wrote, like, I wrote some stuff. stuff. Uh, and then as far as stuff I have coming up, uh, I'll have my For Honor review coming up uh, probably tomorrow or fr- probably Friday. And uh, I'll have another interview coming up as well with uh, Use Your Words, which is a party game that's going to be coming out uh, n- within the next month or so. Um, so the, uh, that interview will be coming up pretty soon. Uh, so just to do some plugs, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at uh, t- Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at DualShockers. Uh, on Twitch, you can, or sorry, YouTube, you can find us at DSTV Originals for all our cool videos that we do, like this one. Uh, for our, yeah, super cool. Um, and then for our uh, our Twitch streams, like this one, you can find us at twitch.tv slash DualShockersLive. Uh, we record the Shotcast every Wednesday night, or most Wednesday nights, hope when we remember, uh, Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so we're signing out here. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.